Hey, welcome to hear my voice crack. That's rare. It means second puberty's coming on. That's the other thing that's going to happen with all this crazy stuff in the world. Uh, second puberty is going to hit for people who never otherwise would have experienced a second puberty. Does anybody? I don't know. I think that can be medically induced. A medically induced second puberty. In my case, it's a psychically induced medical puberty. Um, but yeah, longtime loyal listeners of this show, you know, uh, will know that I use grocery stores as an example for everything. You know, those are my parables. All of my little parables, if I were to write a Bible, would be based on going to the grocery store. And I've learned so much in my life about humanity from grocery stores. And so the fact that grocery stores are suddenly, I mean, they're already central to our lives, but the fact that they're one of the only things outside of our homes now that we will experience, it makes them that much more important. And a lot of my thinking about the pestilence and pandemonium that's going on, you know, it has been practical. I've been thinking about it in practical terms, but I've also kind of, you know, as far as the show goes, I've been trying to think of it more philosophically, spiritually, kind of abstracting it out a little bit, looking at the bigger picture of it, uh, what little of the the bigger picture I can see. Uh, but this morning I had an experience just about an hour ago, less than an hour ago, half hour ago. Let's get specific. Uh, I had an incident, and it truly was an incident at the grocery store. And I'm the kind of guy, I go to the grocery store two or three times a week and just get what I need for the next couple days. I enjoy that ritual. I enjoy going and just getting what I'm going to want for the next two or three days. Uh, and so I, But with this going on, I've had to spread that out. I have to get a little bit more than usual. Not a whole lot more. I'm not buying tons of stuff. But I'm much more conscientious of when I go and what I get. And today... I had to go. I decided today was going to be a day where I'm going to I'm going to load up. I went to a couple different stores and I wore a mask. I found some masks that my mom had got, just two of them. She just has two masks that were clearly labeled. She even had a post-it note on them and they were in the a canvas bag in the garage with the knee braces and elbow braces that my family has accumulated over a a, a lifetime, I guess. Because do you ever really need to throw out a, an elbow or knee brace? I don't think that my family has ever had an elbow or knee brace that gets so worn out that it has to be thrown out. So why not just put them in a canvas bag in the garage? And that just shows you how well you understand your parents without realizing it, where I just kind of knew that the masks for painting or for avoiding germs would be in with the knee braces and elbow braces. It, 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 there's a logic to it. It doesn't make total sense, but there is some kind of logic there that I can't quite define. And sure enough, there were two masks, and my mom even put a post-it note on it. It said, you know, masks for face, which I like, opposed to masks not for face. But it said masks for face, for painting walls, etc., and avoiding others' germs. She really got descriptive, and that note wouldn't have been for me. Because whenever she stashed those masks, and I like saying that, stashing those masks, whenever she did that, I wasn't living in this house, and it doesn't really make sense that she would have made the note for herself, and they were clearly masks, so I just like that she, and she wasn't the type of person who labeled everything. She liked to write post-it notes for sure, 
but she didn't like label everything that was you know stored in the garage very little so it's interesting that she labeled these masks and it's nice to read that in her handwriting given everything that's going on it's almost like she knew she it's almost like she knew um but uh so i found these masks and i'm like you know what i'm gonna start wearing a mask out I don't see very many people wearing them. I mean, granted, I haven't been in public much, but, you know, it's a big thing in Asia. Even when times are normal, even when there isn't pandemonium and pestilence in Asia, people are wearing those masks all the time anyway, I feel like. Like, I went there. I went to South Korea, as I've talked about before, and I saw tons of masks then, and there was nothing crazy going on. It just seems like people don't want to catch bugs, or if they're mildly sick, they're conscientious enough to wear a mask. It's a nice thing. And I like masks. As a kid, I loved wearing masks. I always gravitated toward characters who wear masks. For example, like just offhand, like there was the comic book Wildcats, and there was the character Grifter. And he wore this big red mask that covered his face, but his hair stuck out the top. And I always thought he was just the coolest looking character. You know, playing Mortal Kombat, you know, uh, Sub Zero, Scorpion. They had those masks that just cover part of their face. I always thought that was really cool. People love ninjas in large part because they have those types of masks. If ninjas just had their entire face exposed, they would not be as popular as they are. Something about masks is attractive to us, specifically guys, young guys. We like our masks. And so I put one of these masks on and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear this for the very practical reason that in case I'm, you know, contaminated, I don't want to get anybody else sick, and I don't want to get sick in turn. So it's functional, but I also really enjoy wearing a mask in public and having an excuse to do so. So I, I wore my mask out, long story short. Um, that was my mask intro, introducing you to my feelings and history with masks. And so I, I wore it to one store, and just the first store, no incidents whatsoever. It went smoothly. It was a great experience. I love a great grocery store experience. And I decided to go to another store. And, you know, like I mentioned before, like just a minute ago, I, I'm the kind of guy who I go to the store two or three times a week. I always go with the hand basket. I never get a cart. I can think of two or three times where I alone, maybe not even two or three times, may, I'm going to say two times I've probably gotten a bigger cart. And that was probably just because the hand baskets were all in use. So I'm a hand basket guy, and I got a hand basket today. And I loaded it up, to be fair. I loaded it up. Like, I mean, uh, it, it, was, it was pretty much filled. And I had to carry the broccoli that I got. Like, I couldn't put the broccoli into the hand basket. So it was, it was pretty full, you know, but it was still a hand basket. And I went to the 15-item or less checkout line which I always go to. And my philosophy on the 15 or less item uh, lim you know, on that limitation is if it fits in a hand basket, you're pretty much fine. If it fits in a hand basket, you're pretty much good. There has never been one time in my life that I have been called out or shamed for having more than 15 items. Never. It's never come up before. And as I'm getting checked out, and granted, I bought 10 yogurts because it was like 10 for $4.50, some kind of deal. You know, they, there's, always, there's always a yogurt deal. There's always a yogurt deal. 
I don't even know what you save on these yogurt deals. It just seems attractive. Ten for five bucks? You kidding me? Uh, and uh, so I, you know, I got um, a bunch of yogurts, and so that pushed me over my limit for sure. That pushed me over the limit for sure. Beyond the yogurts, I don't think I was that far beyond. I mean, the yogurts might have pushed me to 25 items, but I have a tendency, even though they have to scan them and stuff, I have a tendency to think of yogurts kind of as one item. They're small. I feel like they're the kind of thing that you can, like, scan one and just type in 10. I don't know. I don't know how hard it is to scan yogurts. But anyway, the point being is I was over the limit. I absolutely, I, I confess to being over the limit. And the lady who was checking me out, she's always there. She's very stoic. She's not one of the friendliest cashiers, which I don't, I don't blame her. I don't take it personally. Some are more friendly than others. There's a high-end grocery store here that I can't go to often because it's expensive, but my favorite cashier in the world works there. His name's Scott. He has a mustache. He loves the Seahawks. He, he's just the best. He's the best cashier I've ever met. And it turned out a bunch of people feel the same way. And I've said before that I want an action figure of this guy, Scott. I don't know him. I don't try to act like I'm his friend. I just take it in. And he's not super, like, he just he just has a good feeling about him. It's not that he tries too hard to be friendly or nice. And I've had experiences where he's a little quieter and stuff. But it's like, you just feel good. And you always, if, you, if you're scanning those checkout lines, even if there's extra people in his line, it's worth getting checked out by Scott. It's worth having Scott as your cashier. You'll feel better. And I mean, I, it sounds like I'm joking. And yeah, it's kind of funny to talk about, but it's the truth. Scott at Hagen. I think his name's Scott. <laughs> I think I just, I, I think his name's Scott. If I'm wrong, he's the guy with the mustache at Hagen. Anyway. Uh, so this lady, like, you know, I, I've had, I've, she's checked me out many times. She's not the friendliest person, but she's a professional. I understand what she's doing, you know, and she commented, she's like, oh, you, you know, you have more than 15 items. And I said, oh, uh, and by then she was down to my very last item. So she'd already scanned everything. So there was nothing I could do. I couldn't, it would take more time for me to gather up. It would take more time for her to like cancel my, the process, me to like scoop up everything and go to another line. So at that point it was just letting me know. And that told me, okay, because of everything going on, the protocol of grocery stores has gotten very strict and it makes sense. I, I wouldn't have thought about it. As someone who's never been shamed once for going over the 15-item limit, it makes sense right now. Grocery store workers are extremely vulnerable, and even if it took a full extra minute to scan my items, I don't know that it took that long. I don't know that it extended the, the normal process that much longer. But at the same time, I understand. She wants to limit her exposure to each customer. She wants to limit that exposure to as little time as possible. And that makes complete sense. And after she said that, you know, do you think I'm going to bring a bunch of extra items into the 15 item or less checkout? No, I'm not. I'm conscientious. She didn't try to shame me. But when I, uh, you know, I, I acknowledged it, but I could tell that my acknowledgement wasn't good enough for her. But I understand. And she's also a very stoic person. I've, she's, I've had more interaction with her over the years, probably than a lot of my friends. So I kind of understand her, you know, her disposition. And I understand also she's in a very vulnerable position right now 
people are scared to go into the grocery store for five minutes right now, and she's there for, what, eight hours interacting with every single person? I get it. Those 10 extra yogurts might be, they might matter when it comes down to, you know, exposing yourself to people and whatever's going on with them. And I am in a mask, but at the same time, I get it. But this guy behind me, here we go. Here we go. And, you know, I wanted to do this episode not just to vent or complain, but of course this is a is going to be a me ventilating a little bit. Of course it is. But I also want to really think about it because I do think this little microcosm is important for understanding what's going on. And I've mentioned before that there is a mental health crisis happening right now amidst the the pandemonium and pestilence, there's a mental health crisis happening right this very second that is unprecedented in our lifetime, and we're not even going to see the results of that yet, but we are seeing part of it in people's behavior right now. And this guy pipes in. So she, she calls attention to the fact that I was over 15 items. I acknowledged it. You know, it was too late for me to do anything else, so all I can do is note it for future grocery store visits, uh, which I will. And, and I felt like I was sincere. And I hear this guy, he, he chimes in and he, he says, yeah, you know, uh, like you have a mask on and I don't, and I could have been out of here in just like a, a couple minutes. And I'm just like, Oh boy. You know, you can feel, like I've talked about before on here, like you can feel the roots of negativity inside of you, but you have to work on yourself so that those roots don't grow into anything else. And I could feel those roots. I could feel the conflict of the situation. And let me just describe this guy, too. I don't, this isn't going to be me attacking him, but when you're reading a book, you want to hear a description of what somebody looked like. You know, if you're reading a story, in most cases, you're curious what the character looks like. So I'm going to describe him. And, you know, sides of his head shaved, kind of grown out swoopy hair on top, black frame glasses, a beard, a white V-neck t-shirt, tattoos. You know, I'm, I'm just describing him. And his voice, you know, medium to high-pitched, uh, maybe not high-pitched, that might be me just throwing that in there. I might be stretching it with the high pitch. But he had a certain voice that you might associate with somebody, you know, with with that kind of sense of style. And he calls me out. He, he's, he's like, yeah, I could have been out, you know. So it becomes this have or have not thing where he doesn't have a mask and I have a mask and he wishes he could get it out of the store faster because he's more vulnerable, which makes sense. In the same way that it makes sense that grocery store protocol has gotten more strict and going over the 15-item limit matters a little more now. I don't know that it truly is going to make a difference, but I understand why they are. the rules matter more right now. I understand. But this guy, his point made sense, too. He's more exposed to whatever's going on, but I could tell that he wanted to lash out at me, and he did. And he, you know, he, he, like, he made that comment, and I said, I, I, I could feel myself wanting to say something more aggressive. I could feel myself wanting to stand up to him. And so I just very, you know, confidently, but I just said, oh, I understand. You know, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, oh, I apologize. You know, I'll be aware of that in the future. 
I felt like it was sincere. I mean, I can't possibly be sincere right now talking about this on my podcast, but I felt like I was sincere, and I did mean it, even though I was a little irritated that he was trying to shame me. I'd already been called out by the cashier, so that much had been done, but he felt like it was an opportunity for him to strike too. And he's already upset. Everybody's already... Because that's the thing, is everybody's already upset. So that's why... Things are very, it's a very uh, treacherous time because people are already really angry and really scared, and that itself is scary. That itself is very scary, and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, we're very early in this process. People, we don't really know a lot of people who are confirmed sick in the area yet. We just keep hearing rumors that it's coming that we're going to start hearing about it, that the hospitals are going to start filling up. We're just hearing these rumors right now. So we're really scared and anxious, and we're anticipating horrible things. And we feel that our life is on the line even going to the grocery store. And shaming is really popular right now, too. Uh, shaming people for buying too much, hoarding, which makes sense. Hoarding. This is a thing now. I, I apparently say all of my H words with kind of like a Hanukkah, like I which I never, I've never said Hanukkah that way, but it turns out every other H word in my vocabulary now has kind of a to it. Uh, some people roll their R's, I just, I, my H's have a C in front of them. Hoarding. Uh, so, you know, people are hoarding stuff and they're getting shamed, which I get like calling attention to that. I understand calling attention to people hoarding. What I don't like is people taking pictures on very public sites you know, I'm seeing these pictures, and, you know, I understand if someone's buying up a bunch of supplies and they're reselling it at a higher rate, but the people who are buying a lot of toilet paper and buying a lot of supplies, they're not being very cool, they're not being very conscientious, they're not being nice, but in the same way that this guy who was trying to shame me is scared and angry and upset, these people who are buying a bunch of stuff, in most cases, they're just scared, they are scared, and they see other people doing the same thing, and they feel like if they don't do it, that they won't have enough to survive. That's where a lot of it's coming from. So taking a picture of them, taking a picture of someone, you know, for having a bunch of toilet paper in their cart, they shouldn't be doing that. They really shouldn't. But the people taking a picture are not helping. You can make PSAs about not doing that without taking a photo of somebody, without being specific about it. You know, and so I see a lot of this. I see the I hope I hope more of it doesn't come. But right now there is a lot of shaming going on, and I don't think that that's a good thing. And so this guy was shaming me. He saw an opportunity to shame me for having a few too many items in the fast checkout line. Like I said, I had I had a hand baskets worth of stuff. I had to hold the broccoli in my hand. And a bunch of the things I got were pretty big, too, you know, like a big bag of nuts uh, a big, uh, you know, a big container of nuts, bananas, things that take up a lot of space. It's not like I filled it with, you know, little packets of things. Aside from the yogurts, I didn't buy anything small. You know what I mean? There was a shampoo bottle, a big shampoo bottle. You know, so it's like, I don't think that what I did was egregious. But I understand why I should be conscious of the number of items I take to the fast checkout when there is a hysteria and fear and suffering taking place and grocery store cashiers have to deal firsthand with that every day for huge shifts of time literal their entire shift they have to worry 
So I understand, but I also don't feel like what I did was egregious. And so this guy, yeah, anyway, uh, just to go back to the actual interaction itself, you know, he, he said he made this comment about he could have been out of there way faster. You know, I have a mask, he doesn't. So it's this have or have not thing, even though I'm being good by wearing a mask. And as I said, my reasons for wearing a mask were both for my safety, other people's safety, as well as the fact that I think it looks cool. So I had my own, you know, I had my own reasons for wearing a mask, but he pulled a haves or haves not, have nots thing with me in the mask, which is, is just a topic in general. It's the haves and have nots are, that's one of the other big sources of anger right now. So in that moment, I was wealthy in masks, even though I only have two which might be a lot for one person. I have, I have one mask at home, and I had one mask on my face. As my mom said on her note, masks for face. I had two masks for my face. That might be wealthy right now to a person who doesn't have a mask at all. And so I'm conscious of that. I'm conscious of my mask privilege for sure. So this guy, was he, he harped on that. And I, I acknowledged it sincerely. You know, I gave him a sincere acknowledgement without, I think, you know, it, it's a good thing that I had a, a really good meditation this morning. It's a good thing I had a good meditation this morning because you trying to shame me from, for having a few too many yogurts and wearing a mask and, and you don't have a mask. You trying to shame me for that. If I hadn't had a good meditation and wasn't feeling pretty good, I'd give you a piece of my mind. I might take, take my mask off. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where fortunately I was feeling pretty good, so it was just, but I could still feel, I still was kind of pissed off. I was still kind of pissed off. Uh, and, but I caught it, you know, I didn't let it grow. I wasn't going to fall down to my knees and clasp my hands together and beg for this young man's forgiveness that he wasn't going to give me. Cause, cause I knew, cause right after I acknowledged, and I don't remember if I said sorry, but I, I think I did. I think I said, I think I said, oh, I'll be aware of that in the future, and I apologize. I think that's exactly what I said. And he kept going. That's the thing, too. He kept going. He started talking about how on his way over here on the highway, he said, we, so it's like his girlfriend's probably waiting in the car, scared that he's going to come out infected, and she's scared to go in with him. You could tell they probably do their shopping together normally, so this is probably a new experience for him. They're probably codependent shoppers. See, here I'm talking shit. Here I am venting. Here I, here I am assuming and talking shit. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of got that vibe that he, he said we. So he's like, we, on our way here, like a guy, we were trying to merge, you know, onto the highway. And this guy, like, got into the shoulder and cut everybody off. And so this guy's already pissed off. This guy who's talking to me, he's already pissed off. He had a really bad traffic experience on the way to the store and he's already stressed about being in public and going to the store so I'm understanding where he's coming from I understand that and I know how much I get pissed off in traffic I can be in the best mood in the world and if someone does something fucked up on the road that's the other thing that I always talk about on this show the two things that I always talk about on this show are grocery stores and driving you know, you don't have to be a long-time listener to know that I talk about grocery stores and driving pretty much constantly. So this guy, he was having both a driving and a grocery store experience, and a guy did something really rude and callous on the road on the way to the grocery store that he's afraid to go to. So he's upset, but he's, but he's venting about, 
this guy on the road, but he's not saying it in a way like, oh, just so you understand why I'm kind of on edge. He's saying it like I'm that guy. He's, he's talking about this guy cutting him off when he was trying to merge, but he's talking like I'm that guy. And, you know, it's just it, like, there was, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to respond to that? You know, how am I supposed to respond to that? And and it sucks that he, he had a bad experience, and it explains why he felt the need to shame me. But I could tell he was telling, he was talking about this traffic incident, because in that moment, I was just an extension of that guy. It's almost like in a video game where, like, you'll fight, like, one of the random bad guys, like, one of the generic guy, like a Goomba in Mario. And you kill that Goomba, and you come across another Goomba, like, on the next level, and it might as well be the same Goomba. In that moment, I was just, I was another Goomba, but I was the same Goomba. Goomba? Goomba? Uh, I was just, I was the same Goomba to that guy, and he needed to smash me. The first Goomba killed him. The first Goomba, the guy in traffic, he, he won. That Goomba got him. And this other Goomba was in front of him and had a few extra yogurts and, and a mask, which probably just made me seem less human. You know, if he could see my nose and mouth, he might have given me the benefit of the doubt. But I'm in a mask, and so I probably looked less human because, of course, a mask is going to make you look less human. It's a mask. Um, so, so he's calling me out on that, you know, or he's, he's calling me out like I'm the guy in traffic, too. And I don't even know what to say at that point. And I get my stuff and I'm leaving. And, you know, I could, and I, I said, I'll be very conscientious. Or no, I, I mean, and then after he said the traffic thing, I was like, I'll be very conscientious in the future. And he didn't say anything. And the thing is, too, it, you know, the grocery store clerk, like, when I acknowledged, like, what she said about having too many items, you know, even though I, I acknowledge that, I could tell that she didn't say, like, oh, well, it's okay. Because normally that's what would happen. Like, if you did something kind of like, if you, if you kind of broke protocol in a store and they could kind of tell that it was just, oh, you didn't, you didn't think. You had a, a handbasket worth of stuff. You didn't count it. It would be like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. We're already almost done. But I could tell because she's in the situation she's in, she's very vulnerable, stressed out. She's being exposed to tons of people. She wasn't going to give me a pass. And this guy wasn't either. And this plays into the shaming culture people have been talking about the last few years, where we've had this social shaming culture that's politically and socially based, and people can't apologize. Not only can they not apologize enough, they're just not allowed, like their, their apology is not acknowledged or accepted. They're being told to apologize when they're shamed, but when they apologize, the person just sees that as an opportunity to strike more. Oh, they apologize, so they're, they're prone. They're laying prone. Let's go for their gut. They expose their belly, jab it, jab it again. You know, and that's, that's one of the issues with the shame culture that's been going on about random social and political issues the last few years. And those things don't matter right now, or they matter significantly less. The things that people were shaming other people for online and in person in some cases, those have gone by the wayside because we see how relatively unimportant those actually are when it comes to survival. And what's replaced that is shaming people for 
being rude, for being self-absorbed, for prioritizing their own supplies of soil, uh, paper, of toilet paper, over over the needs of others, and that makes more sense because it is more it's survival based. But I think people should also be careful about the way that they're shaming other people right now. And it shows you, too, that people have a need to shame each other. There is some need where people always have a need to shame each other. And it's just there. Whether survival is on the line or whether things are really good, whether everybody's mostly pretty comfortable, even in a utopia, people seem to find a need to shame people. And it just, all that shame that people were directing on people for, you know, saying the wrong word or, you know, thinking the wrong thought, voting for the wrong person, that's now on survival or what people think is survival. Somewhere in between. I'd say it's somewhere in between survival and the illusion of survival, but I won't get into that. Uh, But I understand it. I understand why people are mad at people for being self-absorbed. Uh, But I could tell I wasn't going to win. There was no way for my humanity to be acknowledged in this situation because I had done something egregious to them in that moment, even though I don't feel like it was egregious. I could have been more conscientious, and I will be. So their shame is actually going to get them some of what they wanted in the sense that I'm not going to take more than 15 items to the checkout line. As long as this pandemonium is happening, I'm not going to take more than 15 items into that express lane. Hell, I'm going to take 13 or 14 items. I don't even want to push the limits now, (laughs) you know? Uh, But I could tell there was no win for me. I could tell that a certain amount of anger and frustration and fear was being put on me in that moment. And I don't feel guilty, they wanted me to feel bad. I, I could tell. I don't, I don't know that the cashier wanted me to make me feel bad. I think she just wanted to make sure I understood. But this guy, he saw the cashier, because I don't think he would have noticed I had too many items if the cashier hadn't mentioned it. I don't think I had some like hoard of stuff on that conveyor belt. Like I said, I had a hand basket's worth of stuff in the express lane. Because to me, like when you pick up a handbasket, you're communicating to the entire store that that's a handbasket is the express lane of baskets. You're, you're able to move around swiftly. I move around quick. In a grocery store, I go where I know I need to go, and I'm quick. I have that handbasket. You know, I, I know how to navigate a store with a basket in my hand, and that's the express lane of baskets. So... I don't think he even would have noticed that I had too many items if the cashier hadn't acknowledged it. But he saw that as an opportunity. He was upset about some asshole in traffic, and I was just another Goomba. And I get it. So I get it. So I'm not saying this guy was an asshole either. He's scared, and he's upset, and I'm there, you know, doing something that he had an opportunity, and he took it. That's what it comes down to, and... I don't want this episode to seem like I'm just complaining against the complainers or shaming the shamers. Because, you know, I just mentioned how there's been this culture of shame the last few years. And it's a very liberal phenomenon in the sense that, you know, the social justice, what people call like social justice, has been the source of a lot of this shaming. But it's, it's a two-way street where conservatives, one, love to play the victim of that. 
they set themselves up and they participate in a game in the same way that in football there's an offense and a defense and both teams are part of the same game. Liberals and conservatives play the same game and you know, in the same way that liberals might shake their finger at somebody for just not thinking about some minor thing that they said, conservatives love to be the victim of that. And as much as conservatives accuse liberals of using the victim card, conservatives play it constantly too. Conservatives love to feel like they're the victims of this shame culture and everything associated with it. But it's not just that, because you also see conservatives turn around and they love to shame the shamers. And they feel justified because those people shamed me, so I'm going to shame them or anybody like them. And so you end up with just this two-way street where everybody's shaming each other, and they're doing the exact same thing, and they think they're, they each think they are justified in doing it. And so I don't want this episode to come across like I'm shaming this guy. And I'm certainly not shaming the cashier, because I think that her position above anybody else's is... Uh, I understand her position more than anybody's in this situation. But this guy, I don't want to turn around and make this sound like I'm shaming him. I am venting. I am ventilating. Even the earth has to ventilate. Even the earth has, like, geysers and lets off steam. Even the earth lets off steam and has volcanoes. Even the earth vents. Therefore, I feel justified in, in venting a little bit. And I do feel like I have to vent, especially because I was restrained. You know, I didn't fly off. Some people vent right then and there, and I could have done that right then and there. When this guy decided that not only was he going to shame me for having too many items, having a mask while he doesn't, and essentially being the face-to-face -face personification of this asshole driver he had just experienced for being another Goomba, uh, you know, not only was he going to do, you know, I could have turned around and I could have vented right then and there. And that's what creates a real conflict. That's what creates an argument. That's what creates a fight. I wasn't going to do that even though I could feel the roots of that growing. Uh, but, you know, I did think, oh, I'm going to call Miles, my good friend. He'll love to hear about this. I can't wait to tell Miles about what this guy looked like and uh, what he said to me. And, you know, but uh, I decided instead to do a podcast because podcasts are a great form of venting. And anytime someone does a solo podcast, the chances of it being a chance for that person to vent are, like, so high. The chances that a solo podcast is going to be a partial vent, at the very least, is extremely high. Even a lot of interview-based podcasts end up being a chance to vent. So I, I, I feel like this is a good way, but I'm not just venting. I'm not just doing this to be like, I can't believe that. You know, I, I wasn't doing anything that wrong. How dare they try to shame me? How dare they try to shame me? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that, you know, but I'm doing a little bit of that, actually. But I'm just thinking about the bigger picture, you know, the fact that, like, that asshole cut that guy off. The fact that that guy did that right now, the fact that that guy wasn't thinking, everybody else is scared, everybody else is upset, nobody wants to be out in the world, and I'm still going to drive under the shoulder and cut everybody else off who's merging. The fact that that guy did that, what a fucking asshole. But you can see where that caused this guy to strike at me. And 
you know, and I'm not exaggerating it. You know, I'm not saying the guy was screaming at me or anything, but it was really aggressive. What this guy did to me in the store was really aggressive, and it showed me that, oh yeah, along with minimizing my, cutting my two to three grocery store trips down to maybe one every week or week and a half, another good reason, aside from avoiding like the bug, the virus, another good reason to avoid going out right now is because people are at each other's throats, and they are shaming each other, and you have to be perfect You have to be perfect right now or else you might be susceptible to some sort of conflict because mental health is on a a tight rope right now. People's mental health. And I'm not saying this guy who called me out is crazy or he's losing his mind. The problem is he's not. The problem is this guy wasn't completely out of his mind. The problem is this guy is probably pretty, along with like saying H's with a now, it's like my probably's are going to, my P words are going to be like Um, it's just part of, it's part of what's going on now. It's another byproduct of, of this pestilence and pandemonium. But anyway, just this guy, I I could tell he's probably a pretty, he seemed like a, like a decently stable guy. And, and the fact that he saw an opportunity to aggressively shame me, you know, that tells you something like you want to avoid everybody because this guy's probably in the average range. Not that I can actually measure all this, but this guy's probably somewhere in the middle. And so there's people right now who are truly losing it. And some of them might be in positions where they're really immediately vulnerable. They might be losing their houses today. They might not even have houses to begin with. They might not have anything. And while we're all worried about our futures, there's people who they are in that future right now. And... I have empathy for that. I have sympathy for that, but I don't want to be around them. I don't want to be around anybody who's losing their shit right now. So that's just another reason to not go out right now. That's another good reason is that you might you might go for the yogurt deal and have 25 items instead of 15 and Next thing you know, someone wants to strangle you. Not that this guy wanted to strangle me, but he wanted to jab me you know he wanted to he wanted to throw a jab and even after I apologized he decided to make another jab because I was that guy I was that goomba in the car in that moment there was no separation and my mask probably just enhanced that whole perception my mask probably made me look like a random bad guy you know what I mean? Uh, and, you know, in the same way that I described what he looked like, which I'm I'm not judging him, but the, he, he was a certain type of guy for sure. I described him earlier. I'm not going to do it again. But uh, he probably looked at me and was like, this guy's in a Seahawks hat and khakis. He's in a sports... This guy was in a sports ball hat and khakis, and he had too many items, and his mask made him look less than human. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put thoughts in his head, let alone words in his mouth. But in the same way that I described him, he probably saw me and thought, "Okay, this guy's a jock asshole." No, you can't go there with it. You can't assume how other people are seeing you, but they do judge you. They do see you, and um, it's one of those things. You know, it's one of those things that's going on. And I think 
Uh, I would recommend people stay home for the obvious health reasons, their own health, the health of others. But I recommend staying home as much as you can or limiting your exposure to the general public because people are on a thin tightrope. And whether it's justified or not, you know, you're on that tightrope too. And, it, and if you stumble, people are going to notice and they're going to call you out. And I don't know what it's going to be like once we once this starts to take shape and we see what the virus is actually doing. Because right now, we don't have a lot of evidence. Even though I live in Washington State, which is apparently like the, the center of the epidemic, one of them, you know, on the West Coast, uh, we don't really know what this is going to look like yet. And it's scary. And it happened very suddenly. We're two weeks into this. And, you know, the reality hasn't hit us yet. Just the fear, the uncertainty, the terror. And so I understand where that guy was coming from. I really, truly do. I understand why. I don't think that guy was a horrible person. You know, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of people out there who are doing worse things than him. And I'm not even going to say that they're horrible people. In the same way that somebody who's buying too much toilet paper isn't a horrible person. And I'm going to be conscious of not shaming people unless they're like criminal and they are truly hurting other people or being so negligent, so obviously and, you know, consciously negligent that it needs to be addressed. But I don't want to be in a place where I come into contact with those people either. You know, so... I haven't seen a lot of people, I've seen some people mention, you know, not shaming people in all this, but I had a firsthand experience with it today. And if our public interaction is going to be very limited, which it will be, whether that's by choice or whether it's a government mandate, you know, if our experience in the public is going to be very limited and our few experiences are going to be incidents like this where we get shamed, you know, because I'm using this as an example because I haven't been around people much the last couple of weeks. And one of my only interactions with people in person was this. And I'm not going to use that as like, this is just how it is. Everybody's just out to get you now. Everybody's just out to get you in the pandemonium and pestilence of 2020. I'm not going to do that here. But at the same time, I don't think I have to tell my listeners here, my few listeners, who I appreciate, especially right now, especially right now, I appreciate anybody who wants to listen to this. I, I feel like this is a great way to give little fireside chats. And fortunately, I've been doing this for what, like seven years now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think I need to tell this, the sort of people who listen to this show, because it is a, a fairly small group who are, if not my friends, are in are like, you know, a couple degrees from me, you know. Uh, I don't think I need to tell anybody here to be more conscientious of this, but it's worth saying, and maybe people can pass this on to other people. I don't expect you to. I don't expect you to tell, tell anybody what I said, but I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about it, which is what doing a podcast is. So be very conscious of your own tendency to shame people, for one, and... When someone else shames you, remember that they are scared and fearful, but don't let them get away with it either. And by that, I don't mean fight them. I just mean don't let it get to you and cut it off at the source. Like with this guy, I gave him a very 
just straight up answer to his attempts to shame me. And as a result, it didn't escalate. But with tension so high, what happened today could have been a fight. If I had been a different type of guy, it could have been a fight. Because people will fight over nothing. Certain types of people will fight over nothing. And it's not like the movies. Things can escalate so quickly and for such little reason. It is just mind-blowing. And today easily could have been that. And I'm not patting myself on the back and saying, oh, because you meditated this morning and you're such a good, balanced person, you didn't let that guy start a fight with you. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying be aware. And that's what I'll try to do too, is be aware. I will be aware of how many items I have, how many yogurts I'm buying. And also be aware of where other people are coming from, but I also expect them to do the same. And if we can't come from a place of core understanding, and if we can't prioritize what's truly important, especially in our limited interactions with other people right now, well, that's something to be scared of. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free. So take.